Welcome back to MVPs. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Paranormal podcast where nothing is outside our purview. Pull up a seat, grab a bite to eat, we'll do the rest. So let's go. Hey, welcome back to WTF Paranormal Show. <laughs> Do you like what I did right there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm getting hip with these acronyms where we like to discuss random ass topics in the paranormal and swear. I'm only joined today by Paul and Chris because Evan is still building his house and prepping for his season, allegedly. Yeah. I know. Yeah, he's a dick bag. So it's anyway. Whatever. We all know that I'm not right in the head and relatively superstitious. I'm not just stitious. I'm superstitious. And I, I don't know how or why. I don't know how it began or why I am this way. And to be honest, I can't even justify it because I am rather skeptical when it comes to most hauntings, crypto animals, goblins, vampires, what have you. And Bob Lazar. Um, and Bob Lazar, that fuck fuck. So <laughs> I'm walking. I, I am a walking contradiction. I will acknowledge that. Noted. Got it. Check in the box. Drink water and drive on. Regardless, in the spirit of Halloween, I thought I would uh, tickle your fancies by oh. discussing some legendary true life curses. Nice. Mm. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Who doesn't like a good curse? That's <laughs> right. I hear them all the time. <laughs> I. <laughs> And when you start looking up some of these curses, listen, skeptics, I don't, I know what you're going to say. Coincidence. I don't give a shit. Okay. Have your own show. I want to talk about these. So, and I, I want, and if you guys know of any, feel free. I, I'm, I'm all down for it. So, did you guys know about the Hope Diamond curse? Oh, oh I, yeah. I used to know that. So the, is for, that the uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go it's ahead. that 115 carat, uh, big ass diamond that was blue and it was allegedly stolen from the eye of some sort of Hindu idol in India by a French merchant named Jean Baptiste Tavignier. Did you see I did that French accent? Did I do it good? Je m'appelle Claude. Je de coupe plow. <laughs> Let's try it again. Okay. Je m'appelle Claude. Je t'appelle Blue. It's not quite what I'm saying. Really? Sounds exactly the same to me. It does? Really? Yeah. That was pretty good. Thank you. Pretty I didn't speak up. Not, never had one lesson. <laughs> so <clears throat> it is considered to be the most famous diamond in the world, not just because of the huge size and the value, but mostly because of this curse. And the overview of it is that bad luck and death is going to visit anyone who owns or touches the diamond. Okay. So first, the dude who allegedly stole it, Jean-Baptiste Tavernier, it he was the first, he was mauled to death as a punishment for stealing the sacred stone. Now, I don't think that that's a curse. I just think that's like, you know, punishment, but okay. Yeah. You know, what, you know, whatever. But there are other victims. Um, 
King Louis the 16th of France and his wife, Marie Antoinette, she actually owned the Hope Diamond for a time. Well, they were beheaded during the French Revolution, off with their heads, you know, that kind of thing. I would say that's frowned upon, not good, not a good look. Lord Francis Hope, who it was actually named after, he then inherited the diamond um, right before he squandered his entire fortune and ended up dying penniless and destitute. And he was supposedly like, especially for that time, a hella rich bitch. Um, then the stone was sold to a socialite, Evelyn Walsh McLean in 1912. And right after she got the diamond, her son was killed in a car crash. Her daughter committed suicide and she, Evelyn herself ended up in an insane asylum. Uh, yes. So in 1958, the diamond was donated to the Smithsonian in Washington, DC. And since then, it was put in like some glass case, obviously. And the curator said that it, the curse has been inactivated. It's brought nothing but good luck. Mm, thoughts. Go ahead. Hit me. It's a brought uh, good luck all of a sudden. Maybe because they put it in a glass case. I don't yeah. know. But every other individual who has touched it or owned it did not. So one would ask what happened at the Smithsonian or what events have happened to be considered good luck? Well, perhaps, you know, that glass case wasn't just, isn't just a glass case. It's a ghost box. I'm just saying could be, <laughs> could be. <laughs> you don't know. It's right. catching all those negative curses, you know, and saying, uh, no, I'm not letting you. It's like 13 ghosts. Or just maybe it hasn't been active around another human being, mm. you know, like it hasn't been in their possession for it to see if it continues. Because they're not touching it. Right. Yeah. That's the whole mm. point. Yeah. I like the whole 13 ghosts thing, but okay, we can go with what you no, said. No, I mean, 13 ghosts is cool. I yeah. love that movie. You know, we just can't see the etching in the glass. Yeah. That's all. There it is. Ah, you got to rain on my parade. Jeez. Gosh. All right. I know. What do you think about the crying boy paintings? Have you guys ever heard of those? Uh, uh, no, I don't I think have. I have. Mm. That's the first. You guys are just Let me educate you guys on some art, okay? okay? Okay. And while I do that, you guys go ahead and Google it because I'm sure once you see the picture, you might be like, oh, yeah. So at the end what? of the sec, it's called the, the crying boy paintings oh, crying okay. boy yeah so at the end of the second world war artist giovanni bragolin he started to make these portraits paint these portraits of italian orphans crying because you know that's what we all want to hang up in our house um, and they were souvenirs for tourists so over time though they started mass producing prints of his paintings because it was getting more and more popular, especially in England until the 1980s. And in the 1980s, people started saying that the prints that were made were actually cursed. The British newspaper, The Sun, reported that in over 50 households that there was a massive house fire, 
the crying boy prints were the only item to survive the flame. Uh, yeah. In yeah. one case, the firefighters found the print was still in the the frame, face down on the floor, and it was completely untouched by the fire that decimated the the rest of the house. It was soaked in tears. It was waterproof. Come on. <laughs> What I right? I just I just Easy gave you a Kenny Biddle excuse. That's what it is, you know. <laughs> so, Nat, natural fire hydrant. That's good to go. So right. psychics, you know, my favorite people in the world. Mm. Womp womp. Numerous psychics have said that the prints are haunted <laughs> by the orphans who died in the war, and so it's their misery and despair. That's continuing to haunt those paintings until well after their death. Are, are we talking about the orphans that were uh, participating in the war? Or that were dead? Or that were dead? Yeah, probably the dead ones. Okay, because, you know, the, I, I look at these paintings and I think, you know, I could see this on a Gerber food container. Right. You know? it, all you have to do is just erase the tears and give them a lollipop and That's he's it. fine. But That's it. Applesauce. I'm not sure how I feel about what the psychics say. Actually, I am sure what I feel about what the psychics say. I think that's <laughs> all fucking bullshit. Yeah, but come on, guys. Let's think about this. Over 50 houses completely burned to the ground. And the only thing that survived are these prints. In every that one way. of those? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe there's something to the prints. What, whatever it's made of, you know, maybe it's I was thinking made, that, yeah, you, you know, there might be something with the, the way those prints are made, the materials mm-hmm. made on that might be fire retardant. Oh, can you say that word? <laughs> yes, you can. Okay. I didn't. <laughs> hey, you never know <laughs> <right>. anymore. <laughs> but the print was still like in that one where the firefighters found that print that was completely untouched and it was face down. Okay. It was in a frame. <sighs> And the frame didn't burn either. Nope, it was completely mm. untouched. So was this was this discovered by the fireman putting out the fire as the fire was burned out, or was it actually after the fire? It was happened, after the fire. Ha- no, it was after the fire that happened. Um, well, while the firefighters were there, okay. it, the house was completely destroyed. You know, and as they're going through the house, you know, and they're yeah. putting out room by room. Once it's done, they right. said that. The only thing that was that actually survived untouched was this print. So what what if one of the just one of those firefighters was running around and putting those paintings in there and getting a kickback from somebody who was making all them damn copies? Right, because he can hold this big ass painting in his turnout without it not being suspicious. No one would ever notice it under his hat. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is like the perfect time for me to mention to you that like cryptids, good socks are also hard to find. True story. A new company out of Portland, Oregon called Softness Monster is putting a stop to that mess. The crowdfunding campaign they just launched is to make cryptid footwear that are of the highest quality possible. These bad boys will last 10 times longer than your average socks and they're super comfortable. You should check them out. 
Just jump onto Kickstarter and search for Cryptid Socks by Sockness Monster. Hurry before the crowdfunding ends. And by the way, they're veteran owned and operated. All right, do continue. That is a very good point. I didn't even think I, about that. It's I all just right there. Figured, you know, I, I, yeah. hey, it's, it's it's what I do. You fuck. Weirder, weirder <laughs> things have happened. You know, uh, true. Um, uh, there's also the, you know, have you guys ever heard of the Iceman? Oh, no. Like from X-Men? No, I know you're talking about. Is it the di- is it the guy that like dunked himself in the, in water, like freezing freezing himself? Yeah, he does it like constantly. Oh like, no, that's worse. That's that's even uh, worse. His name was Lane. You guys didn't learn this in school. I learned this in school. Mm. He's okay. So his name was Otzi, um, because and he was a frozen mummified body. That was discovered in the Alps, like on the Australia, Austrian Italian border. And they found it in 1991. So scientists basically determined that he's from the Bronze Age. He died 5,300 years ago. So technically, this is the body is the oldest known natural human mummy ever to be found in Europe. Not in a case or anything else like that. Just dead. Okay. So you can look him up. Uh, the yeah, Iceman. Yep. Otzi. Yeah. Otzi the Iceman. Right? Yes. Yes. Yep. I'm looking him up right now. I like that. I wish I had known that name. I could have named one of my kids. <laughs> then you can run around with, and just call him Iceman. Oh, that would yeah. be so nickname. badass. That yeah, would be would. so badass. You know, on a side note, Otzi, hold on, okay? We're coming back to you. Not like you're really going anywhere because you're dead and mummified, but just you hold that around. thought. So I, 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 I follow a lot of murder cases because, again, we know I'm deranged. And in the one where I'm following about the Piketon Massacre in Ohio, oh yeah, the one of the guys' name is uh, George Wagner. He named oh. his son Bovine. <gasps> Balake. Where is Balake at? There's no, no Balake here today. Yes, sir. My name is Blake. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Blake. What? Do you want to go to war, Balake? Because we could go to war. No. I'm for real. I'm for real. So you better check yourself. D-nice. Is there a D-nice? If one of y'all says some silly ass name, this whole class is going to feel my wrath. Now, D-nice. Do you mean Denise? Son of a bitch. So, yeah, Otzi is much better than <laughs> bovine. <laughs> Otzi? Otzi, O-T-Z-I. Oh, this guy wasn't German, though. I mean, it's around Austria. Isn't that ironic, yeah. you know? He, he was an Otzi. Oh. Oh, God, there it is. Right there it is. We got there. All right, Paul then got that out of his system. <laughs> Otzi's mummified body, they're saying that a curse 
has been unleashed on any and everyone who was involved in his discovery, the recovery, the examination of this mummy. So there were seven deaths that have been said to be linked to the curse of the Iceman. For example, Helmut Simon is the one who discovered his body, right? I think so. Am I right? Was it Helmut Simon? I think so. I was trying to trying to find that. Yeah, name. I was trying to look it up. Yeah. Okay. So I think it was Helmut Simon who actually discovered the Iceman's yes. body. Yes. He died from a fall while he was hiking in 2004. And then Correct. some dude named Dieter Wernicke was part of the rescue team who found Helmut Simon's body. He ended up dying of a heart attack just a few hours after Simon's funeral. Uh-huh. Rainer Hen was the forensic pathologist who examined uh, the Iceman. And he ended up dying in a tragic car accident. Kurt Fritz was the guide who led um, that forensic pathologist, Rainer Hen, to Otzi's body. And he died in an avalanche. Conrad Spindler, who led the scientific team that recovered and examined the Iceman's body, died of multiple sclerosis, which, you know, he could have had before then. Uh But Tom Loy was a molecular archaeologist who traces like human blood on the body. He ended up dying of a blood disease. And lastly, Rainer Holtz, who is a filmmaker who made the documentary about the dis- recovery, discovery and recovery of Otzi, died of a brain tumor. Uh, my question is, all right, so this seems to just be a normal man that died, right? Yes. So why, Mike, I guess I, I just don't understand. Why would there be a curse? Maybe because you should have left well enough alone. If, mm. he, if he died there. Don't disturb the body. Probably. I mean, if you look at the 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 mummy or the the body, if you look at Otzi, mm-hmm. the whole figure, I mean, he's quite distorted, you know? He is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe he died in a tragic way. Possible. And however he died, that's how he was supposed to stay. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along. Is it kind of well, sounding no. smartical? Well, I mean, you got to think. I mean, there's when it comes to so-called mummies and them being uncovered, there's there's been curses linked to mummies everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's like that's like one of the oldest uh like scary tales that, you know, that's when you were, uh, uncover a mummy, oh, there's always going to be a curse. Right. Right. So, I mean, is it far-fetched? No. I mean, cuz I mean with this many like I said, with it being that that common, I mean, it's got to. There's got to be something to it, right? Like it's, you, can't, you can't just be like those as many people associated with just this one that's died. That's odd. It's, like, it's a statistically related kind of yeah drawn conclusion. Like if you look at them individually, you know, I could say, well, you know, car accidents happen, blood disease. You study human blood perhaps you caught it but when you start putting them all together mm-hmm. all of them and they all had something to do with this guy come on people 
He probably died of a disease, and everybody who touched him picked up the disease, and it spun off in different, th- you know, different things, and it killed well, different people different ways. I mean, she, you said what eight or ten names, didn't you? Yes, that were associated. That's they what's are, crazy. Uh, that's what I'm saying is like there. Are, yeah. That's beyond a coincidence. That to me is bad juju. But yeah, you I, did bring up something interesting, Paul. Did you know that Otzi was the first known carrier of Lyme disease? See, I was I was convinced there may be something to this that could link everybody else on a level that really they hadn't considered yet. But you got to remember also, you know, the first two people that found the body, Helmut and Erica, mm-hmm. uh, Erica never died. So she must have washed her hands. I think. Right. I mean, right. like not, nine out of ten. I mean, that's, right. that's still batting a pretty good average there. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't. Yeah, Four I wouldn't out of five it. dentists. This I... wasn't that. This wasn't that long ago. No. Uh-uh. 91. It, it really wasn't. It, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, uh, beyond coincidence. I mean, all those people? Really? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I agree. Because two, maybe three people, you could still probably be like, oh, it's just a coincidence. But I mean, yeah. nine or ten people all directly associated with them in some at some point. Yeah. Makes you raise an eyebrow for sure. Coincidence? I think not. One of the most famous, you guys have to know about this, is King Tut's curse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What? You don't know about King Tut's curse? Oh, I know all about King Tut. I'm waiting I'm for the punchline. I'm waiting for oh, the punchline. Oh, no. There's no punchline. No, no. Oh, I'm okay. just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so dirt. used for it. There right. usually is a punchline. I know. Line. So in 1923, Howard Carter yes. was sponsored by Lord, what's his name, Paul? Carnarvon. Carnarvon. Yeah. Something like that. And I'm looking at the spelling. So he opened up the tomb, the burial chamber of King Tut. Uh-huh. And the tomb had been hidden in the Valley of the Kings. And it was completely untouched so all of the treasures were still in the tomb yes so the whole world is like oohing and awing at this astounding archaeological find Uh, but there were a few people that actually went into the tomb and they did so with a lot of trepidation because the room the it is alleged Mm -hmm. that there's a message that's inscribed into the burial chamber entrance that yeah. reads death shall come on swift wings to him who disturbs the peace of the king. And there's a surprise involved in how close that was related to some of the deaths. Right. Because those that opened the tomb, I think unleashed the curse Lord Carnivar, Carn Carnarvon, whatever it is. Carnarvon. Yeah. Carnarvon. Okay. Carnarvon. Yeah. He died six weeks right after the tomb was open. Six weeks, no health issues. And it's said that at the exact moment that he died, all the lights in Cairo went out. Don't know if that's true or not, but I'm going to believe it because it sounds really cool. That's wicked. His dog, which was back in England at the time, completely started howling, like crazy howling, and then dropped dead. He got the email. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, mm-hmm. you know, Arthur Conan Doyle wrote Sher- the Sherlock Holmes stuff. Yes. He went on, he publicly started saying that 
the Lord's death, the Lord Carnarvon's death was caused by the forces that were put forth by the Pharaoh's body. Ah, but. What, but? Well, I mean, he died of blood poisoning from an an infected mosquito bite on his cheek. Right. Because that mosquito was carrying the curse of the tomb. I'm telling you, Pharaoh gave the juju to that mosquito. Use the word wings. Oh, my mind blown. Yeah. I didn't know if you caught that. I didn't. Yeah. Holy fuck balls. Okay. Now that I've re re okay. Coming back. to me. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. In 1929, there were 11 people who were closely connected to the discovery of the tomb and they all died prematurely of unnatural causes. Mm-hmm. Two of Lord Carnarvon's relatives, along with Howard Carter's personal secretary, Richard Bethel, they were found. Richard Bethel was found dead in his bed in London. Um, his, Beth, Bethel's death made his father, Lord Westbury, to commit suicide by jumping off of a building. Oof. I know, right? People, he needed wings. Maybe he thought he had wings. What ended up happening was like the press started catching on because 11 people dying and all of whom were connected to the discovery of the tomb, all of whom died of unnatural causes. Mm -hmm. Again, if it's a onesie twosie hmm, coincidence, 11, I think not. That's interesting. It is. Yeah. As it stands, like people who go visit the King Tut's mask were told not to look into his eyes because the curse would strike him down, too. Oh, I figured yeah. they wouldn't look into his eyes because they were probably gone. Yeah. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be staring in a very deep, dark, yes. in, endless <laughs> hole. There's also curses of movie sets. Yes. Oh, yes. The Omen, that set. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think, and this is debatable, that it is one of the most cursed films in recent memory because of all of the weird events and tragedies that happened while while they were filming. So Gregory Mm -hmm. Peck, the actor and the producer, Mace Newfield, they were both Mm -hmm. on two different planes that was struck by lightning. You can see that it's absolutely lamping down. Shit me, I nearly shit myself! God, help! Uh That's wild. That is wild. Gregory Peck's son committed suicide. Newfeld was in a hotel room that ended up getting bombed by the IRA. Hmm that later bombed a restaurant where some of the cast members of the Omen were eating. Hello. A plane that was filming a scene from the air ended up crashing and it killed everyone on board. And a tiger handler accidentally died. And then the designer for that movie, John Richardson, suffered a head-on collision that took the life of him and his assistant, but the roadside near the crash said Omen, spelled O-M-M-E-N, 
66.6 kilometers. Oh, hell no. Oh, no. Too many. No, no. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) My question to you is, was that the only example you had of cursed movie sets or did you have a couple more? I got a couple more, but do you have one? Well, I had a couple of them. Oh, I want to know. I want to know. Well, you probably got them, though. No, I might not. I I can't tell you all the details involved, but I know I'd read in the past some blurbs about a few of them. And one of them was a set of the Twilight Zone movie. I don't know. (gasps) Yes. What? I don't know. That Mm -hmm. actually ended up uh, with a helicopter scene with uh, Vic Morrow in it. If you know who he is, he was in Rat Patrol and a lot of yeah, a lot of movies. One I used to watch Rat Patrol with my dad. But anyway, uh, he was rescuing in the in the the segment. He was rescuing two kids, and the helicopter flying overhead, hovering in in the scene. Actually, something happened mechanically, and it came down and decapitated Vic Morrow, killed him right there. And that was really pretty. I mean, they they were talking about odd things on the set. And that was the big thing that I couldn't get over. They actually had to change the shots that they had made and film the, you know, film the remainder of the segment in such a way that they could still pull off something Twilight Zoney for uh, the Vic Morrow segment. What about, did you guys know about um, Poltergeist? I had heard about that one. Okay. There were a lot of deaths that were related to the cast of the films. Dominique Dunn, who was mm-hmm. in the very first uh, film, she was murdered by her boyfriend. Um, yeah. She was only 22 years old. Julian Beck, who played Henry Kane, died of stomach cancer in 85. Will Sampson, who played Taylor in the second one, died also in 1985 of kidney failure. And what then about the big name? <laughs> Carol Ann, Heather O'Rourke. Yes. She was in all three. She was 12 years old when she died. Now, if you guys remember, like in by the third one, she looked really swollen and puffy. I'm not even going to say like fat because she just looked puffy, right? Something wrong. Yes, there was something wrong. So she started having some stomach cramps on the set. She went to the doctor and ended up having cardiac arrest and then was immediately rushed into surgery and she suffered septic shock and died on the operating table. It's so crazy. the the whole ending of that film had to be shot with a body double. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there's also The Exorcist, which I don't doubt this set was cursed. Okay. <laughs> like. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty. I mean, you might as well just invite everything in doing that creepy shit. Right? They were doing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I honestly want to say what decent mother would let your kid play that role? So there are like eight deaths that were associated with that film production, including Jack McGowan, who played the Burke Dennings, right? I think mm. he played the Burke Dennings. And the guy who played Father Karras's mother. They both died right before the film released. Obviously, some of these connected deaths aren't just limited to the cast, but the man who was responsible for refrigerating the set to make it so cold died during the production 
as as well as a night watchman on the set. The McNeil home was burned to the ground in like some sort of freak fire. And at the Italian premiere in Rome, a lightning strike hit a church nearby and it destroyed the 400 year old cross, which fell to the ground in the center of the piazza. There's got to be an explanation for all this. You want an explanation? God is pissed. Oh, yeah. You know, that freaked Uh, a lot of people out. Come on. The Italian premiere the that very day, random lightning strike, 400 year old cross middle of that piazza. You cannot tell me that's not bad juju. Man, that movie, like even when you watch it and I don't care how many times you've seen it, when you watch that movie, especially like if you if it's at night, you just feel like. Man, if there's ever a movie that would bring some shit in your house, it's this movie <laughs> right here. You know what right? I mean? It's too, it's too creepy. It's like especially for that time. It just everything about it just it's uncomfortable. It makes yeah. you uneasy. And um, then she starts doing all this crazy shit, and you know, she gets when it gets sexual, it's awkward too. Yeah, you're like eh. yeah. all around. You're like, Bleh. I just don't even want to. Like, I can't yeah. deal with the movie. Like, right. Yeah. Curse the sales of pea soup. Yeah. And I got one last one for you. And I've always known about this. And I should have done shared this one right after the exorcist. Because, you know, when you have so much negative juju there, you need a positive juju negative. Um, But anywho, the passion of the Christ. You guys mm. heard about. Oh, yeah. Was Mel Gibson's movie? Yes. That was. Yeah. Yeah. It was already. Under like people are already like, man, I don't know. This might not be right. Um, mm-hmm. when it was released because of well, Mel Gibson. Yeah, he caught a lot of shit for this movie. Well, also because of the shit that was coming out of his mouth. He was just weird at that point. I don't know what happens. However, I think that God wasn't happy because Jim Caviziel, who played Jesus, he is a devout. Catholic. I don't know if people know this or not, but he really wanted this role. And he, they said that he truly did have the passion for the Christ. Anywho, he played Mm -hmm. Jesus. And while filming, he was struck by lightning. Yes. Yeah. And then while he's carrying this big ass crucifix, you'll hear him scream. You know, obviously Jesus cries out in pain. Well, Jim Caviezel really is screaming out in pain because he dislocated his shoulder while carrying the crucifix. Wow. And he chose not to go to the hospital right away because Christ didn't, you know, obviously. So the pain that you see throughout that walk is genuine. Let's sell sell it all for the role, man. You no, know, he he's definitely method acting. While yeah. he in the scene where he's getting whipped, he ended up having flesh ripped off of his back. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. The assistant director, Jan Michelini, was also mm-hmm. struck by lightning two separate times during the course of filming. <laughs> Holy testicle Tuesday. Hold on now. Like, it's one thing, the odds of one getting hit once. She got hit twice, is what you're saying. Right. Two people struck by lightning while filming on the same set. Hmm. 
you would think that they would be able to catch that in a bottle. Epic uh-huh. fail. Maybe that's why, you know, God was mad. Yeah. I don't know. But that's, come on. Like, you know how they say lightning doesn't strike twice? Right. Yeah. Place. Apparently, that applies to everywhere except where when you're filming The Passion of the Christ. Come and on. And she survived both? I think so, yeah. That's sure. insane. I mean, if you were her walking around, I'd be like, I'm literally invincible. Like right? two, two lightning bolts still couldn't put me down. She didn't have very many friends, I'm sure, because nobody wanted to get close enough to her to get hit twice. Hell no. I wouldn't. I'd be like, bro, you can talk to me from over there. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Phone yeah. call. <laughs> yeah. Skype? Oh, by the way, um, it's not a she. Jan Michelini is a dude. He's, he's oh. Italian. Oh. Well, I'm not trying to make any judgment calls, but okay. <laughs> yeah, but his name days. is Jan. Listen, yeah. listen, Jan, at some point you need to go into a church because obviously you done did something that pissed <laughs> off God. I mean, yeah. Woo, the hot flashes. Woo. Right? You done made him mad, fucker. I'd light a <laughs> candle, do two rosaries. I don't know. If you're not Catholic, maybe you should be. It's not too late to join. Yeah, here's your sign. Listen, I've changed my life. You ain't got to say that. I am living for the Lord. I am living for the Lord. I am living for the Lord. Hallelujah. I feel him down in my spirit. You know, as I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. You finished. <laughs> Time, <laughs> times two in case you didn't get the first one get the second one like goodness right. gracious now at the end of the day obviously we're this is all just speculation mm. it yeah. could be coincidence for all of these things i'm not mm. saying it's true i guess i am i'm not saying these are all curses but i am it's just the coincidences i don't know I mean, I think it's pretty statistically interesting without right. any further thought. So, well, and the fact that like curses, they really take off when it gets to like a certain body count. Like once you're at like four or five, six, and it's like, <laughs> oh, like, right? that's when, like for me, if I, if I knew about curses and then all of a sudden people started dropping dead of something I was affiliated with and I'd be looking at the numbers like, okay, there's two. I might, I might be okay. They get some four or five. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Exactly. I'm not, like, I'm not leaving the house. I'm going to have a doctor on call. Like, if the phone try. rings, I'm not answering it. Right. Stay away Thund- from ladders. Thunderstorms. I'm, I'm literally getting in the bottom middle Rubber portion suit. of the house. Rubber suit. I'm just, yeah, man. Dogs I, and cats. No, anyway. But I mean, yeah. It, it is one of those things where you know. And granted, I, I do believe. I don't know why I can't rationalize it even with myself. Why I believe in bad juju, why I believe in curses, but you know, you bring me a ghost or a goblin. I'm like, ah, I don't know, but it's exactly what you said, Chris, because onesie twosie things you're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you get four or five. You're like, Outlook not so good. <laughs> you are like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> you, get to, you get to seven. I've already have my last will and testament ready. <laughs> my uh, power of attorneys. I've got the hef- all the family. Like yeah, said your goodbyes. I'm standing <laughs> in the hefty bag just waiting. Easy cleanup, you know. <laughs> Filling out the Man. will. Yeah. 
that's it. That's all I got for you guys. Yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting. I mean, just the way you view things is, is what it takes to actually qualify for a curse. Everybody's got their, their thoughts on that. And Do I you think, believe in uh, curses, Paul? Oh, yeah. I hear them thrown at me all the time. But uh, Oh, that's true. No, I, I, I honestly <laughs> don't know. I've, I've actually thought that it's possible, you know, for all the, the, the bad stuff that's been going on. It's a big running joke in my family that, you know, uh, you haven't lived unless you spend time around the Browning curse, you know, so. And, and I'm not bullshitting. Is, like, what is the Browning curse? The Browning curse is where if there's a chance to get ahead, if there's a chance to do right, if there's a chance to succeed, there's twofold uh, of anything that will stop you or, you know, if you're given any good luck, it's followed by massive bad luck. There's never any any guarantee that, uh, you know, anything good's going to happen because usually if it does, you're waiting for the other shoe to fall and it's usually really pretty devastating. It's nothing so, new to me. I'm used to it. Yeah. So, so like a one foot forward, two steps back type thing. You damn right. That's my yeah. whole life. And now that the big really? one here was, hey, you know, man's got cancer, you know. So, so you've outside of the cancer because that's a pretty bad juju one. Sure. And the saggy balls. <laughs> we're, we're going. <laughs> you that know, is a curse. Yeah. That is no, a curse. Um, um, you, do you think that you carry the Browning curse? I really think that I don't know if there was either someone in my past that may have passed on or whatnot, but I think there's a huge influence from the other side that can affect you on this side. I mean, there's just some some stuff that happens. You just go Care there's no damn way. No, no, I'm not going into that. <laughs> damn it! But, but it just comes down to you just know damn good and well this shit shouldn't be happening. Least of all the way it's happening, but it does, and it beats all the odds. But it's always the same turnout we come to expect. You know, I, I actually went. <clears throat> I went to go buy me a vehicle uh, uh, not too long ago. And it was actually for a trip that I was taking, the, the trip I just took. And we went in, did all the paperwork, tells me it's mine, hands me the keys. I leave. I go home. And in a week, I'm told to bring it back that I, uh, was, I was suddenly not approved. And the reasoning they had was ridiculous and stupid. But the fact was, I told my wife, I said, you know, we got it now, but I just had this weird feeling. They're going to want it back. And damn, if it didn't happen, that was like mm. the most recent weird thing that happened. Mm. But, uh, you know, that's never happened to me before. I've never had that happen. There's just all kinds of little goofy, weird things that add up. That When you look at it overall, you're like, all these things have to happen for this outcome to be this way. All these things are very important steps for this outcome to be what it is. And yet, it is what it is. And, and it just, I just give up. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm not even fighting it. So when it comes to luck in this household, I've always looked at it as being mm, mostly, I'll say three fourths or better, maybe four fifths bad luck with one fifth of it being good luck, which is the precursor to the real bad <laughs> luck. So. You don't think you're cursed because you're a ginger? I really thought that had something to do with it for a while. No souls. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I already know where I'm going. I ain't sweating now. So. I, I love saying yeah. that. I love saying that because my niece, she is, uh, she's a little firecracker, man. And, she's a yeah. ginger? 
Yes, full on. I mean, the reddest hair, but she's she's like the sweetest girl. But man, ever since that little girl's been in my life, I've, I always go around her. I'm like, oh, you little soulless child. <laughs> she's so cute. Like, it's hilarious, man. I, but she's she's so sweet. I have photographs of me growing up and I have no red hair. I have no color of red hair at all. There's no sign of it anywhere. Well, uh, and then within the last, I don't know, few years here, it's just my mustache popped out and I got a red tint and somebody had made a comment when I did an event one time and I was like, I hadn't really noticed, but I guess it does have a little bit of a red tinge to it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, okay, now I've been categorized. Damn. Well, you know, my, my fear of redheads, my ginger phobia <laughs> is not <laughs> completely unfounded because it, it it goes all the way back to the medieval church. People who had uh, that era, people who had red hair were mm-hmm. designated as being cursed or bad because of the depictions of Judas at the time. Oh. Judas Iscariot was frequently shown as having red hair. I mean, uh. there's a reason why gingers, did you know that gingers need 20% more anesthesia than people with other hair colors? That is yeah, a little un, um, Don't they? Uh, they have thinner blood, don't they, or something yes. like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when they found my cancer, I was operating on under under fifty percent of my remaining blood volume. That was really cool. I mean, I don't know. If I mean, call that cool? Yeah. That's, yeah. I, see, I, I would, in my category of things, I did cool doesn't fall right there. Just yeah, no, yeah, not high up on the list. But, no. Well, um, I mean, it, the cool part of it for me, yes, yeah. But the, the, the cool part for me was that the doctor was like, I don't understand it. I can't, I, I can't figure out. I don't, you work? And I said, Yeah. And he's like, How the hell do you get out of a chair? And I'm like, Here, let me show you. You know, no, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying. And, and, and it just come down to when they did further testing, especially when they wanted to draw blood, they couldn't. They stabbed me eight times before I told them, Leave me the hell alone. It was because they couldn't get a needle into a vein because they had shrunk to compensate for the lack of blood. So my system literally said, I'll adapt. So, well, there's a reason why gingerism only occurs in about, I think it's only 2% of the world's population. Oh, did you call it gingerism? I sure as fuck did fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Lord. I know. (laughs) That's right. Look out. Ginger, yep, here it comes. Times two. But I don't know how we got onto gingers and we've spent so much considerable time talking about you, fuck fucks, <laughs> but y'all freak me out. There was only one ginger I ever really liked. You? The one on Gilligan's Island. Which one was that? I, I don't know. Ginger, I, you ding dong. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know what's sad is I legitimately have seen the show. And it, but it's been so long, I just didn't even understand this joke. That's called the stealth delivery system at work. Just like, yes. you know. Uh, we'll be here all week, folks. So, That's right. Chris, I had to, so for our listeners, I just thought you guys should know. Yes. Um, I didn't do a, too, too, too much research um, because <laughs> at the very last minute today, I found out, oh, I'm hosting because it was supposed to be Chris. <laughs> 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 like how I'm throwing you under the bus right now. Chris dropped the ball. Yeah, that's right. Dude, yeah. You are cargo 100% right now on that bus. So, oh, yeah, this time, Chris, what have you got for us next week? So I'm going to do it's 
it's not, I don't know if it's called what we consider a scary story, um, but I'm still gathering information on his actual name. Mm -hmm. Um, but it has to do with, it's almost like kind of like an angel of death. And the reason why it's important to me is because, uh, there has been a personal encounter with this thing, um, (gasps) that, that two people from opposite sides of the country have both claimed to seen the same thing and they have no relation whatsoever. Shut up! Shut up! up. Were they both watching it streaming over a video on the internet? No, sir. This was years ago. Years okay. ago, before internet was a thing. Yep. Okay. This one hits close to home, so that'll be. Oh my God. Style. I am mm. so jazzed about it. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one, I think. That concludes this episode of MVP's What the Fuck Paranormal. <laughs> See, I didn't use the acronyms this time because I'm hip like that. Anywho, I like it that way. Thanks. Yeah. So that concludes this episode and stay tuned for next week because obviously what, what, what? what? Nothing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, my, my connection cut out. I'm, my, my fault. My fault. This guy. This guy. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm in you. trouble. Yeah. To the moon. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, so that concludes this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys want to share a curse or something. Well, no, wait. Wait. (laughs) You guys want to share about something that you have learned, such as a particular curse. We would like to hear about it. Don't send the juju our way. Trust me. We don't need any more bad juju. We're being Mm. punished as we live and breathe every fucking day so <laughs> probably because um, of my curse i don't know what we did well gingerism that's i'm just gonna throw that out there so stay tuned for next week because chris is going to be sharing his uh stories about the angel of death and right. with all that being said chris go fuck yourself oh my <laughs> god that was delayed <sighs> let me try this again and with all that being said chris go go fuck yourself chris go <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs>